Welcome back. Long-awaited episode number nine is finally here of Reteaching the Game, and I am your host, Ethan Noroff. I appreciate the patience. I appreciate the interest, but you know when you're getting married and it's only a week out, things tend to get a little bit hectic. So I'm stoked that you guys are back with me, and we're going to make this one worth talking about. On episode number nine, we're all about growing up in public. So you already know we have to talk about Russell Westbrook and Shane Kiesel. And if you're less familiar with that second name than you are with the first, while that's understandable, you'll definitely be more familiar with that name by the end of this episode. We're going to talk about Kyrie Irving. He has found himself in the news quite a bit in this Celtics roller coaster season. But I really like what he had to say recently about his leadership and where he's at with that currently. So we'll get into that. And then finally, we'll get into our real life TED Talk. There is a real life TED Talk happening in front of our eyes. I think some of you might know where I'm going with that, but for those of you who don't stick around, right? remember these episodes are all under half an hour, most of them around 20 minutes. We make the listening easy. It's on you to do it, right? So let's get started. Russell Westbrook. This is a guy who has had no shame and no problem making his opinions known. Whether that's to the media, whether that's to his own teammates, or in this case, whether it's to the fans. Well, I might be being a little bit gracious when I utilize that term. Shane Kiesel. In case you've been buried under a mountain of rocks this week, there was a video that emerged of Russell Westbrook shouting expletives, or so it seemed, to Shane Kiesel, someone who identified as a fan. We'll call him more of a fanatic than a fan. And Russell Westbrook came off looking a little interesting in that video as soon as it hit the internet. Right? Screaming to somebody in the crowd that he was going to make sure that he gave him a beating that they didn't forget him and his wife the exact crowd is not the exact quote is not quite that but you can imagine what it is and since this isn't a podcast that is pg only we'll give it to you i'll fuck you up you and your wife and so when that video emerges of course it's going to hit twitter it's going to hit instagram like wildfire but of course that's not the story That's only the beginning. And what this story is really about, well, it's really not just about Russell Westbrook. This has been referenced as the Russell Westbrook incident on a number of news outlets, TV stations, print articles. This shouldn't just be about Russell Westbrook and his name. Oh, no. Shane Kiesel. We need to talk about this man. Okay? Not to give his name fame, but to make sure that it's known. He does not deserve the anonymity in this case. And that is so important in evaluating this. So Shane Kiesel, after the game, gave a short video interview that also hit the internet just after the game. And he tried to play the nice guy card. Said it was his, fir- his uh, wife's first NBA game. What an experience. There was nothing being said to Westbrook beyond some good-natured ribbing. Well, turns out, I'm sure as many of you are as shocked as I am to learn, right? Turns out he wasn't exactly being truthful. And this is the problem 
with how we use partial context. We use partial context as reality. And whether you want to use this video as an example, Instagram as an example, Facebook as an example, pretty much anything on social media can be used for this. Okay, We present our partial context, parts of a quote, to hook somebody into reading the full article, right? We love to isolate quotes into headlines in order to get you to click. That's a big thing on the media side. That's what drives content these days. How many clicks can this get? Not the quality, not the presentation even, but how clickable is this item? How shareable is it? Will it trend? Can it go viral? So when we use our partial context as reality, we only present certain things for a purpose. And that slants the conversation. It skews it, oftentimes unfairly. But that's the reality in which we live. So after this game concluded, Patrick Patterson, who's a Westbrook teammate, in case anyone is unfamiliar, felt like he needed to say something. And I'm certainly glad that he did. And he got on Twitter. And he said, fans, now, of course, he's generalizing. And I understand why. But I wish generalizations wouldn't happen. We should all say exactly how we feel without generalizing. Let's be as specific as possible. Anyway, that's my own pet peeve on that one. But what Patrick Patterson said was, fans can say shit about a man's family, wife, and kids. Tell a player to, quote, get down on your knees like you're used to, end quote. As men, what do you expect us to do? Shut up and dribble? No one is held accountable for their actions except for us. Fans are protected in every way possible, but not us. And while that was at least partially written out of anger, he's got a damn good point. And it was nice to see that the Jazz reacted so swiftly to this manner and wound up banning permanently Shane Kiesel from their arena. Now, that's not going to stop these types of incidents from happening, unfortunately. In a world where everything is on video and everything is traceable, we're going to see other examples like this, unfortunately. This isn't the first time and it won't be the last. But unlike 20 years ago or even 10 years ago, everything is recorded now. Everything is seen. Everybody's watching. All it takes is one smartphone for everything to be seen. There are viewpoints, vantage points that simply did not exist prior. And so in addition to Shane Kiesel being banned, Russell Westbrook was hit with a $25,000 fine. Mostly because of the language he used toward Kiesel. The important part of this Okay, this is a key factor in all of this. The Jazz gathered intelligence, according to ESPN, specifically Tim McMahon. The Jazz gathered intelligence that also verified what Russell Westbrook had to say. And what that means is that this fan, this fanatic, Shane Kiesel, this asshole. Yeah, I'll say it. He was saying some pretty 
unkind things to Russell Westbrook. Anyone who's ever been to a professional sporting event has overheard some sort of garbage being spewed by somebody. It's like a ticket is this magical rite of passage for some people to just say and do whatever they want. These are people. Their life is very public and they choose to share their talent, their skills with us, the world, the onlookers. And this is, this is the reaction that some people think is fitting, is deserving. It's disgusting. And so when this all went down, there was a lot of shock and awe and a lot of reaction, right? Everybody has to have an opinion. That's the other thing about social media. Everybody needs a voice. But when you have players on the opposite team saying that we have Russ's back, Rudy Gobert, as much as I like to compete against Russ and there's always a little trash talk between me and him, as a human being, I feel for him and I understand his reaction. I mean, that's telling. So don't sit here and act like this stuff doesn't happen or that we should just pardon it when it does. Right? This, is, this was a really interesting spot for Adam Silver. Gobert just continued with one quote. He said, sometimes it feels almost like, it almost feels like a zoo. People pay money to watch us and feel like they can touch us or do whatever they want. Because we make millions, we're just expected to shut up and take it. But they can't do whatever they want. It's exactly what we were just talking about. That exact point. Leadership is hard. It's an undesirable thing for a lot of people because it requires extra. It's pretty amazing that the NBA has been able to really enhance its image as well as it has. There are so many things that could veer it off course. This was a big spot for Adam Silver but I think a $25,000 fine for language, I think that was appropriate, right? For the way that it was expressed. And from an optics perspective, you have to do something. But basically it's a non-punishment. And why should Westbrook be punished? Which is exactly why we shouldn't be talking about this as the Russell Westbrook story. This is the Shane Kiesel story and his true coming out party. It's not a surprise this guy tweeted nearly a year ago that Russell Westbrook is a piece of shit. And then furiously, he's going on his Twitter account after the game, trying to delete old tweets. Screenshots, hello. Come on, my guy. Not even good enough to be called my guy. But how dumb can you be? I guess pretty dumb, as we've come to find out. All right, so that, that was a topic we had to hit. That was an important one. And I think for anyone who wants to make sure that their voice is heard... Russell Westbrook's a really good example. I don't necessarily agree with how he voices it all the time, but his message is pure. Find your voice. Habit eight, in case anyone's unfamiliar with that. Find your voice. And that's exactly what Kyrie Irving has tried to do this year. You like that? We call that a segue in the industry. Okay, it's exactly what Kyrie Irving has had to do this year. His role as a leader on the Celtics team, to say it's been evolving, would be an understatement. 
But earlier this week, to start our week off, we got a great piece from Chris Haynes. And if you are not familiar with Chris Haynes, this is my guy. Started off with the Blazers, moved over to ESPN, broke the Gordon Hayward signing with the Celtics in case anyone forgot about that. Right, He had that even when Hayward's family said they didn't have it. And now he's over at Yahoo. And in the post-Woj era, man, Chris has been getting some great stories. He is plugged in. That is my guy. And he came through with a really thought-provoking article and interview with Kyrie Irving. Now, we know Kyrie's had a lot to say on the topic of leadership this year. And a lot of it has been uh, quotable, to say the least. He's provided us with some hashtag content. But this is his most meaningful contribution. And because it's real, okay, it's real. Chris got Kyrie Irving to open up in a way that he simply really hasn't with the media this year. And before we go any further, I want to remind everybody, Kyrie Irving, he's still a kid, man. He's still growing up. He's still maturing. He's only 26. Granted, he'll be 27 next week. Actually, I'm getting married on Kyrie Irving's birthday. How do you like that? All right. We like that quite a bit. So he'll be 27 next week. But this is a guy who's still maturing and growing. He's growing up in public. That's a big part of today's episode, what that means. So Kyrie Irving, very honestly, said, look, quote, the way I've handled things, it hasn't been perfect. I've made a lot of mistakes that I take full responsibility for. I apologize. I haven't done it perfectly. I haven't said the right things all the time. I don't want to sit on a place like I'm on a pedestal for anybody. I'm a normal human being that makes mistakes. For me, I think because of how fixated I was on trying to prove other people wrong, I got into a lot of habits that were bad, like reading stuff and reacting emotionally. That's just not who I am. End quote. Man, you know what resonates for me in that quote more than anything else? For me, I think because of how fixated I was on trying to prove other people wrong, I got into a lot of habits that were bad. Man, like reading stuff and reacting emotionally. You talk about perception and reality. That's it right there. And as someone who gets his, inside his own, head, his own head a little bit too frequently, man, that stuck out in a major way. And if you're like me in that regard, it's okay. That's why we do this together, strength in numbers. But that was a hell of a quote from Kyrie, and that was just the first one in this piece, right? Gave some trite comments. In other words, some things that we could have predicted he would say. But he was very honest. He said, look, I'm still learning, bro. We all are all the time, no matter how publicly you live your life, right? It's so important to understand where these guys operate from mentally. And what Kyrie Irving had to say about how the NBA is presented, well, it's really interesting. The expectation of when you come into the NBA and what to expect, it's more about off the court than on it at this point. Here's what Kyrie said, quote, it's just when you come into this business now, it's more entertainment than anything else. That's what bothers me the most. It's like a freaking reality show at every corner. Everything that someone says is the next big controversy. Like I said before, this breaks up locker rooms. Media breaks up locker rooms. It happens all the time, bro. Whether people want to admit it or not, it really does. 
And again, while Kyrie's generalizing, and I don't love generalizing, he's got a damn good point. We're always looking for the next story. Oop, what's he going to say about that? Or oop, can't wait to get his opinion about this. Or oop, what what could this be? Right? We're we're in a, a society that really favors yellow journalism. It's like tabloid fever out there. No one cares about real stories, or very few people care about the real. But it's what's the attention grabber? What can I share on social media? What's going to get me clicks? When we value clicks, followers, when we put a value on that stuff and not the content, not the true content, then it's not a surprise that we get the type of, of crap, honestly, that we do. It's not a surprise that people are making videos just to do something stupid because they know people will watch. Because as a society, we have come forward and said, this is what we value. This is what we deem important to us. That is so stupid. We don't need to make our society any dumber than it already is. But it's easy. And that's why people do it. Why do we reward easy? These guys, these basketball players, whether you're a basketball player, an employee, whatever you are. We're human. And so when we're always looking for that, man, no wonder it drives people out of the process. No wonder. And Kyrie, he said something in this piece that I've been thinking about for a long time. About living in LeBron's shadow, right? He talked a little bit about his tenure in Cleveland and why he's at where he's at now. And he said, I kept getting better every single year. My second year, I went to averaging 22 points and I made my first All-Star game. I kept hitting every single mark since I was 19. And now that I think of it, I'm in a position where I have a greatness about my game. And I don't ever want that to overshadow the great young players that I'm playing with because it's a hard thing to accept. You basically have to wait your turn and be patient in this league to be that guy and to earn that right. And I feel like I've earned that right thus far. Right? This is important. And when he talked about being in the shadow of LeBron, he said, coming into this league, it's been trial and error. Just from being a rookie and having to quote unquote, fill the shoes of LeBron. That was a lot for a 19 year old kid to be coming into a city like Cleveland where something traumatic like that happens, where their hometown kid leaves to go win championships. And here I am, this rookie. Our first year, we lost 26 or 28 in a row and I have to fulfill my own legacy. It was always like I was being compared or I had to live up to someone else's standards. And I felt like I wanted to go after my own dreams, get my own things. I feel that. We want to create our own legacies. We, want to, we don't want to have something determined for us. We don't want to have comparative context. And yet that's the society in which we live and what we come to value with each other is, oh, that's really good, but it's not this. Or, oh, that's different. Have you tried that? We've, we've taken our learned comparisons and, and made them innate. That's why so many people struggle with self-identity, with self-confidence, with who they are, because they're wondering why they're not someone else, right? Think about that. How we evaluate maturation. Oh, I can't believe Kyrie Irving would do this. Most people saying that at his age, with that amount of money, with that amount of spotlight and public attention, they would be a lot worse. 
And so judging these players like that, judging their their human characteristics based off of what happens with their job, with their career. Imagine if someone judged you as a human based off of your work, your job, your career. They judged you what your values are, who you are, what you stood for, your capability in other spheres of life, your entitlement. We assume so much about each other without ever really learning the real story or the full story. We all have a chapter we don't even talk about. And yet we present this reality as the only one. It's amazing to me. So for those of you so ready to critique these guys in the public spotlight while they're growing up, while they're maturing, take a step back. You taking that step back? Great. Take another and keep going. This is a big moment for Kyrie Irving to admit this, and I'm glad that he did. Chris has done a phenomenal job at Yahoo. Please go check him out. And rather than hit you with a TED Talk to end this episode, we'll get you out of here in under 23 minutes today. I'm going to tell you about the gift that is Andre Ingram. If you're unfamiliar with the Andre Ingram story, just Google Andre Ingram and you'll get it. But Andre Ingram spent a decade plus in the G League before he got a chance with the Lakers last season. They kind of called him up to be an honorary member of the team, more or less. He played two games and he played and he played quite a bit. But this is a 33-year-old, going to be 34 in November, who continues to chase the dream. And if that's not a real-life lesson in grit and resiliency and how those two things can be rewarded, I don't know what is. The G League offers an amazing platform if it's utilized the correct way. I think it's still a work in progress. But the Andre Ingram story, man, it's become one of, if not the key highlights of the Lakers season at least since the game started. And so we have this living, breathing in front of us. Please make sure you spend at least a few minutes watching it. By the time we're back for our next episode, we'll hit double digits, episode number 10. I'm stoked that we've made it this far. I'm so thrilled to continue with you guys. Thank you for joining me on episode number nine, Growing Up in Public. Follow me on Twitter, Ethan underscore Noroff. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, drop five stars, and come back for the next one. We out.